Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, August 28th, the Phone a Friend edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's six. We live in Tokyo, Japan. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and I am mom to Naima, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I'm dad to Noah, who's going to be six this week, and Ami, who is nearly three. We live in Detroit. On today's show, dealing with different phone rules among friends. Every family has different rules about phones, so what should parents do when a group of kids have to go by different rules? Our letter writer is looking for some guidance as she wades into unfamiliar territory. Then I'm going to take the seat as the letter writer because I've got a big back-to-school conundrum and I need some advice. We will end today by recommending the things we can't get enough of. That's all after this quick break. Okay, let's dive into our listener question. Dear Mom and Dad are fighting. I'm a longtime listener and mom of two. My oldest is an eight-year-old and is going into third grade. My daughter is good friends with the girl in her class who has an iPhone. Both my husband and I agree that our daughter does not need a cell phone at this time. And even when we determine when she will get a phone, it will have very limited capabilities, only talking texting. In addition, we have restrictions around usage with screen time and time usage, whereas her friend seems to have very little restrictions. My question is, how do I continue to enforce our restrictions around technology when she currently has a friend and likely more friends in the future that don't have the same restrictions? Whenever the current friend is at our house, she always seems to be on her phone. Also, when my daughter is at her house, I'm concerned about what they could be viewing, social media usage, etc. Besides limiting time with this friend, do you have any other advice on how to handle it? I'm not very close with either of the parents who are divorced, so I don't know how to bring it up with them. Sincerely, phone problems. So when this kid is at your house, you can make it a phone-free zone. You can totally say, you know, Sarah doesn't have a phone. It's not really fair. We're going to ask that you put the phone away while you're visiting us. When your daughter's at the other child's house, however, you can't really legislate that. And your child is likely to see whatever this kid has access to on their phone. So the only way to effectively prevent that would be to limit their time together, unfortunately. But when someone else's kid has a phone, you don't really have jurisdiction over it, except for at your own home. Yeah. What do you all think? This is something that I'm completely dreading. Um, As I see phones taking over my own psyche and everyone else's around me, like this is such a tough issue. But I think that this situation might afford you to have a conversation with your kid yeah about phones but also just about this idea that like we're all out here living by different rules and it's really complicated and like just because your friend can do this thing like you know we don't we don't have the same rules at our house and it gives you an opportunity to like think about like your mission statement as a family like explain why why is it that you don't want this phone around and and do it in a way that isn't like um, you know, it's going to turn your brain to mush, but like, you know, go through the reasons why 
you're you you believe that your eight-year-old doesn't need a phone right now and stick to it um i think like you know being confident in your policies being clear about the reason why that policy exists is is going to be super important um and like if your kid thinks that you're like super annoying and like you know have lame policies like that's fine that's kind of the the burden to bear as someone who like is standing up for something they believe in yeah i agree that having a discussion about why the rule exists is really important and i've definitely found that like henry is more likely to follow a rule that he understands the background like to Mm -hmm. uh when he's not with me um if this is super important to you, you are just going to have to talk to their parents, I think. And I just ask, like, hey, what are your rules on phones? What are your, right? And and that may influence whether I say yes to being able to do something or I just say, like, okay, this is a friend that we need to do stuff, like, outside of their house. Um, but I also understand that, like, as they grow up, we have to send them out into the world And I want him um, to know, one, that he can always use me as the bad guy, right? Like, hey, I can't do this. My mom says I can't. Yeah, they're totally lame, right? Like, that's totally fine with me. I am always happy to be thrown under the bus so that he can uphold something. Um, Because I think a lot of time that's the thing. Like, he understands the rule. And he a lot of times genuinely wants to follow it or knows why we have said, like, we don't want you to have access to this particular types of media or social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, how do you get, how do we empower him to get himself out of that situation? I also, I, I think one of the things is when you set these hard and fast rules, you have to be careful that you haven't closed a door to communication on the issue. So I have also, you know, always said, if you go somewhere and you guys are doing stuff, I just want to hear about it. Or if you see stuff that, you know, you're not sure about, I want to be the person that you talk to. And I'm never going to be mad when you report something that happened to me so that I can help you, you know, um, process it or, you know, make a different decision next time. So making sure that it's not going to be a situation where you say, don't do this. And then, you know, your child comes home and is like, hey, we watched this or we were on Instagram and this happened and then you're mad, (laughs) you know, like, Mm -hmm. how you know, we have this rule. It's like, okay, uh, you have to be able to empathize that like these other kids have phones and they are doing stuff and it, it doesn't feel great to be left out and be the kid that doesn't have them. So I think you're really trying to balance like that open communication, seeding some of that control. Um, I completely agree with Jamila that like cosign when they're at your house, just say there are no phones. I, I think make sure you know, like they can receive a phone call from their parents and they can check in. But um, when we've had friends that have phones over in Colorado, we would always just say like, hey, we leave our like devices on the counter. And if you need to use it, you're welcome to use it here in the kitchen. Hmm. Um, you know, kind of where I am and, and life is happening. When you've had other kids at your house, Liz, and ask them just to use their phones like in that one room when they're on the counter do you ever get any pushback from the other kids no but they're they're still young right like and and i think in general we've sort of (laughs) like one a lot of our friends were you know homeschooled and even those that weren't like i'm friends with most of the parents i we have not been in a situation yet in which like i don't feel comfortable 
talking to a parent. And I would say that when kids come to our house are going to come for the first time, I almost always call, text, email the parent, and I'm like, we do not have firearms in the house. I do not allow, like, phones or whatever in their room with the door closed. Like, I do not, like, Mm. listing my rules for them because Mm. (laughs) when people do that for me, it makes my life so much easier. Yeah, totally. And I just think if that makes someone someone feel awkward, like, they probably weren't a good match for us anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Right on. Jamil, have you had this happen? Because I I think... um, like Naima, it seems like of all of us, Naima has the most access to a phone because she, at this point, seemingly needs it the most too. But like, what are you doing about these rules and friends? And um, it hasn't been an issue. Naima has a phone. Her friends have phones. It seems like everyone has a phone. So I do try to reduce the amount of time they spend on the phone when they're together. Like if she's having a play date you know, like you all are not going to spend the entire time playing on the phone because you all could have done that from your respective houses. I'm just trying to keep an eye on them, see what they're watching. There's like value in that too. Just knowing like, well, what are they doing on there? I, yeah. We've had a couple interviews about um, technology and, and one of the takeaways from that has been, you know, that our job as parents is to guide them in this technology not only limit it, like that is one of our functions, but that we also need to be there to be a guide. So I do think like you can also, uh, Jamila, like you're saying, you can use the opportunity of having those there to help be a guide to this this world that mm-hmm. we can protect them from, but not forever. It's tough though. I don't really know that we, like any of us know the answer to this. <laughs> it seems yeah. daunting. And I always think on this, I'm like hindered by the fact that like, I don't feel like I have a good handle on like my own phone dependency and usage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, I want them to do, you know, don't look at me. You'd be better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for writing in phone problems. I'm sure you're not alone. So we would love to know what's working for the rest of y'all. Let us know how you handle phone time by leaving us a voicemail with your recommendation. That number is 646-357-9318. That's also where you can send us your questions. We're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back with my own conundrum. Okay, guys, I need some help. We're here for you. So here's the deal. The kids started back at school. Teddy, the six-year-old. Henry, the 11-year-old in middle school, great, great first days. Oliver, nine, my tender-hearted child, walks out of school um, and is, like, like doing the potty dance. And he's nine. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, man, like, do you have to go to the bathroom? Like, we have a train ride home. And he's like, yeah. And I said, okay, run back in school and go to the bathroom. He's like, oh, I, I can't. Um, I'm going to lose my recess. Hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he's like, no, if I use the bathroom, I'm going to lose you know, lose my recess. I'm like, okay, uh, leave me your book bag, go run inside and go to the bathroom. When you come back, we'll discuss. So we're on the walk home and he's telling me that the rule in his classroom is that um, if they use the bathroom during class time, for each time they go, they owe the teacher two minutes of time during their lunch or recess, like Hmm. back. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, he didn't go to the bathroom all day. He went during lunch and then didn't go again until I picked him up at close to four, which is like so unhealthy. It's also yeah. very warm here. Um, and he's drinking lots of water. Yeah. Buildings air conditioned, but yeah, so not healthy. 
Jeff's reaction, of course, is like, Oliver has the rule wrong. So I'm like, okay, that's definitely possible. I email the teacher, you know, hey, Oliver had a great day. Thanks so much. He's confused about the bathroom policy and as a result, didn't use the bathroom today. She emails me back and I'm thinking she's going to be like, oh, sorry, there was a misunderstanding. Instead, she's like, children are free to use the bathroom at any time during the day. If they use the bathroom during my class time, they owe me two minutes at lunch and recess. <laughs> okay. Compound this with, I, and this is all just first day. I open his lunchbox and he hasn't eaten very much because he's not used to only having, I think they have like 10 to 15 minutes to eat their lunch, probably less than that. Mm. He is, is used to having much more time. So he also seemingly has not eaten very much today. Yeah. I, of course, like just spiral. I write this email. <laughs> That is like, I care about bladder health and I care about him needing, like, this is a bodily function and you can't punish, you know, kids for bodily functions. And Jeff is like, we need to slow our roll. Uh, let's just wait till Friday and you can send the email on Friday. So I did talk to Oliver and we came up with a plan like, hey, when we first get to school, you need to go to the bathroom. But of course, there's like we're coming from the train and, you know, you know like, he's not used to the school schedule. So he's also nervous about like being late because they've been like, if you're not in the classroom by this time uh, and he has to change shoes, like all mm -hmm. of these things. So here's the question. Do I do I send this email, which I think is slightly passive aggressive? I basically say you need to reevaluate your policy. Uh, do I just let it go? Do I schedule a meeting? Am I overreacting and he'll be fine? I think you send the email and request the meeting. Okay. You know, especially considering that they have such a short amount of time for lunch yeah. anyway, yeah. that to lose some of that time could mean not being able to eat at all. Yeah. And what happens if he has a big poop? I mean, kids have to go to the bathroom during the day. I understand that this policy was designed to discourage them from playing around in there and, you know, wasting classroom time. But kids need to feel free and safe to use the bathroom yep. no matter what. Full stop. Yep. Yeah. I mean, as a kid with irritable bowels, this this whole dilemma gives me anxiety. I hate this policy. It's not right. No, me too. I mean... I it is such a like red flag to me. I mean, my, you know, my initial draft of the email is like, you should not use like, you know, like the way to gain control of your classroom is not taking authority over someone else's body. Yep. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I guess agree. here's the question. The So, okay, I've sent the email. I'm going to request a meeting. What is my goal that she changed the policy? Do we feel like that is realistic? I mean, if, if that's not the goal, what would be the goal? I don't know. I think, but I just I, feel like... I think it's I a bad policy with dealing with teachers. This is, you know, I feel like my whole hope, this is like I homeschool so that this is not a problem. The lawyer in me wants to go right to the principal, which we've already been told don't do like go through the teacher. So I, and I get that, like I need to go to the teacher, but you know, my brain is thinking like, I'm going to get a doctor's note. I'm going to get someone, I'm going to, I'm going to send like our interview. <laughs> I mean, there's, there are many, there's like an Atlantic article on Here's this. Here's a link like, to there, my podcast. lots of, studies yeah. i need yeah, you to do some soul searching <laughs> jamila have you met with a teacher and successfully gotten something changed i just feel like she's going to be like this is the way i i teach what's the fallout of asking her to, sh to shift the policy it's she can say no it's just the way i teach um and then you're back where you already are well no then i'm going to the principal i mean listen i can't 
help but have a fight about this but i no, i think i think this is worth fighting for i would okay i would totally be in there with you the end of the letter i i sort of the the big argument with jeff and i with the email has been this last paragraph where i say so i i lay out like why i think this is a bad policy i also Mm -hmm. lay out that although her email says like i would never punish a student (laughs) you know for going to the bathroom i just take two minutes of their time (laughs) Like hey, right. that's a pun. That is that's a punishment. Literally, what you're doing. Whether it also like sets up this hierarchy that somehow like her instruction time is more important than my child's like natural um, uh, urges, like within his body, listening to his own body, and also mm-hmm. more important than like healthy eating. It's also more important than moving uh, his body. None of which I agree with, and none of which the school policy. This also is not the school policy. My other two kids have perfectly reasonable bathroom policy. Oh, interesting. Like at the same school. Yes, okay. it's, de- it's not the school policy. I I checked. No, I think you, I think you can fight this policy, and you can do it without being tyrannical about. It. Like you can do it, you know in a measured way, but no, this is, this is worth fighting for. In the Absolutely. email, do I say like, I'm asking you to change your policy or I just write this out and say, I'd love to come in and meet with you. I might go with the latter. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, I would also love to hear from you. So let me know what you would do. Have you done this before? Any tips on how to, you know, respectfully make my teacher change her rules uh you can email us at mom and dad at slate.com or of course send us a voicemail i would love to hear your voice that would just make me feel better also if you are equally as spun up about this let me know i love being spun up with other people so let me know (laughs) 646-357-9318 all right it's finally time to move on to recommendations uh jamila what are you loving right now so we pretty much like exclusively drink water in our house. We don't keep many other beverages around. I tend to have mixers that rarely get mixed, but in general, um, we are water drinkers. But every once in a while, I want a little juice. And I have to say, I'm really loving Simply Lemonade Light mm. or Simply Light Lemonade, particularly the raspberry variety. It's got 25 calories, it's made with stevia, and it really tastes like that good, sweet pink lemonade you grew up drinking. Mm, Yum. Like that country time. Camp always. Oh, country country time. (laughs) I'm sure that was terrible for us, but it was so good. So good. Zach, how about you? What are you loving? I'm loving this book, Jazz Baby. The author is Lisa Wheeler. The illustrator is R. Gregory Christie. Um, and it's like a book that you can sing in scat. Here, I'll read you a page. It's like, um, brother's arms hold, sister's arms hug, rock a and baby so warm and snug. Grandpa smiles wide, granny smiles too, drowsy dozy baby sings la la loo. Um, so you can really get into the performance of it. Ami loved this. We were at a friend's house and we read it um, for the first time the other day. I want it. It's really a sweet, sweet book. It was written in 2007. Um, great illustrations. And I feel like now I'm going to like start playing him some like, uh, like Nina Simone. And this is like, he's going to be a jazz guy now. Oh, I love this. What are you recommending, Elizabeth? I am recommending a phone strap, which is like how everyone is carrying their phones here. And maybe everyone in the States is doing it too. And I just didn't know. I um, just got the Cape phone strap, but they make like a bunch and of different kinds. This is just the one I ended up with. Hmm. Um, But 
they are amazing. So they are, uh, I mean, maybe less amazing for men that have lots of pockets, but it is like a, just a, almost like a side, you know, carry for my phone, but it makes it super easy for me to use like Google maps, do all of that while I'm holding the kids without worrying about like putting it back in my purse. I can just kind Mm. of drop it to the side. It has just made life so easy. Mine has a little um, like coin. I got one that a coin purse attaches to too, which is great because the Japanese use a lot of coins. Uh, It has just been like a lifesaver. I feel like the first few weeks here, I was like digging, constantly looking for my phone because it's got our transportation pass on it and our, you know, like I need to pull ID out for things. And now it's all just like strung right there. I still carry a a little purse for all my other stuff. But when I take a picture and I drop it, it's still attached to me. I feel like just a mom, mom lifesaver. So uh, I'm recommending if you're out and about busy parent, a phone strap. Cool. That's it for our show. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and of course, tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Mara Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.